This is JFM Podcast. to you and thank you for joining me on the morning Jay. the segment is the program let's talk the political current affairs program it's one minute past the hour of 9 a.m i am your anchor zoe machunga uh, now this morning there's a lot going on uh, in the papers especially uh, reactions concerning the end sars uh, amnesty others knock fg as lie mohammed rubbishes lecky massacre report this has been making the round also uh, making the rounds in the news is EFCC, uh, the Deepin Odilis 100 billion Nara scam probe. NIS holds on to his passport. And uh, we've also seen a panel fails to quiz Bala Usman six months after suspension as NPA boss. DSS contests 20 billion Nara fine on Igboho, says detainee undergoing extradition back to Nigeria. And uh, these are some stories that have made the rounds, but most importantly, this morning, security is our focus. And our business. Uh, it's not funny at all, uh, the, all the dimension that we are seeing uh, banditry take, uh, especially in Kaduna State. We saw the chilling uh, video of the Abuja Kaduna Highway, uh, the video of cars left open, the impression of people uh, running for safety and being shot at. And a major part of that road, as we can see, was, is also bounded by forest. Uh, the security operatives uh, give the impression of, of being surprised. Uh, because uh, the road has been quiet for some time and uh, again uh, we don't have enough boots on grounds many experts are saying uh, does this mean the bandits have monitored these patterns uh, so Kaduna surely is strategic uh, to Nigeria um, definitely when we come when we talk about defense architecture Abuja also is the seat of the administrative capital uh, if we cannot protect that stretch then uh, many are asking you know what really is protected at this time. Uh, I have experts in the studio and uh, we're reaching one via phone this morning. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bashir from the Department of Sociology at Madubello University. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, you are welcome. Good to have you here. And uh, yeah. I also have in the studio uh, with me this morning, Mr. Caesar Pai and also uh, Mr. Salis Abubakar Abdul Salam. Mr. Caesar Pai, a researcher in governance and global affairs, and Mr. Salis Mohammed Abdul Salam, CEO, Face of Peace and Displaced Women and Children Foundation. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, we all saw this video. We all, uh, of course, it's not the first time, it's not even the second time. Uh, many have been scared of taking that road. I don't know what uh, seemed to have assuaged our fears uh, for people to begin plying that same route again. But let's hear from you, uh, Dr. Bashir. Uh, you are a sociologist, and I'm sure uh, your course surely deals with all of these issues, and you, there you are also in Zaria. Uh, so what is your impression on what is going on in the Kaduna-Abuja Highway? Uh, uh, what is going on in Kaduna-Abuja Highway is... Uh very unfortunate. Uh, we we happen to file to live in a situation or a period where we have government 
that is not responsive. Uh, there's not there's not big deal. I think government can we have government uh, is not responsive to the masses. This is a very important rule uh, way that link perhaps the entire northern part of Nigeria, and it's very important where it it links the hope of the economy of the northern Nigeria, Kano and other states. Now, because the government is not responsive, uh, I think that is why. The government felt it cannot protect citizenry of plying the roads. What, how much will it cost Nigerian government to a kind of use drone to uh, make surveillance in the roads, protect the citizenry, protect the users of the road? It's, it's very unfortunate. These bandits attack this road in the day, in the, in the, day, in the, in the afternoon, broad daylight. Nobody, they, they operated, live with people without any interaction. I think just yesterday, I don't know precisely, I've not seen it in the print media and other media, social media, as you say, that there was an attack yesterday evening again, yesterday afternoon again. So so we have governments that don't care. I was I was chatting with one of my professors, he said, during Babangida regime, when Ani was uh, terrorizing South-South uh, uh, states or Bendel, former Bendel states to be precise, the, the president then invited the Inspector General of Police and asked him to bring Ani dead or alive. And that's what happened. Now you have Inspector General of Police and he's been paid for what he's doing. You have Chief of Army staff, you have uh, security advisor, you have all these people. All they are after is their own salary and how to amass wealth. They are not after the citizens, they are doing nothing, and we have government. In fact, people are into government and they don't know why government is in existence. Uh, before government entirely, that's what is called social contract theory. Social contract theory was made for, to entrust power and authority to selected people, few people, to protect people and their own um, uh, properties, lives and properties of people in the society. Now, will there be any government that will, uh, any government official or whatsoever, that, that will now claim that we are not living in a failed government? It's, it's, it's a failed government. Once you How are the people of Kaduna government. viewing um, this particular road, uh, you know, and also if you know, uh, if you have any information, especially for motorists that ply that route, that perhaps make their daily living, you know, from plying that route? People are only interested in payroll if it becomes uh, unavoidable. Nobody they, will like Are there to other alternatives? The only alternative is uh, the rail line. And it's not everybody that can afford going via the rail line. And, and, and uh, people have already agreed that they are into a system where government has failed and they have no option. They must eat. They must survive. That's the only reason they apply the roads. Okay, well, um, let's, let's get your take now, uh, Mr. Salis. Uh, the, the government's response of deploying four additional armored personnel carrier APC, the best, is that the best measure they can take? But then, uh, truly, barely hours after the Sunday's attack by bandits on the Abuja Kaduna Highway, the bandits reportedly struck again uh, on Monday and abducted an unspecified number 
of travelers on the same highway uh, again. Let's get your talk, uh, your take on this. I remember last week when we talked about security, uh, you had your own angles. And good thing Mr. Cesar Pai was also one of the guests on the program. Okay. Uh, you wanted to throw light from another angle. So let's talk about that. Well, yeah, um, we did uh, talk about the northeast banditry and then uh, proscribing them and labeling them as a... Uh, uh, terrorists. Well, uh, first and foremost, um, you know, it's very easy to come on air, you know, and then express your position from a blame game angle. Uh, do we really examine, you know, the causes? What exactly should be solutions? You know, the government is overwhelmed, no doubt about it, you understand. And, um, Going down to specifics, where the uh, the Abuja Kaduna Road is uh, is mentioned, number one, that road attracts high caliber passengers. What I mean by high caliber, so it's very attractive for for commercial criminals mm. to access expensive phones, access you know good uh, uh, ATM cards, you know. So that is an attraction on that road on its own. That is why the first successful rail line, you know, was that route. Ironically, just you know, a couple of months into the f the functionality, uh, they're going on strike. Mm. We, we do not look at that angle. These bandits also plan. So if the rail line or the railway workers are on strike, you will have, you know, influx of passengers back on the highway. So if the road was peaceful uh, a couple of weeks back, now that the, 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 the railway workers, you know, decided to down tools, definitely people will now come back to the highway. That is one aspect that we did not really examine. The second aspect there is, for crying out loud, whatever it is the government is doing, you know, it's like uh, uh, the same approach, same methodology all the time, and then you expect a different result. First and foremost, if you're overwhelmed by any situation, what overwhelms you? There is shortage of manpower. Let's not deceive ourselves about that. If you will have a situation where you have to you, uh, deploy your last defense line to come and do, you know, policing job, you're overwhelmed. Mm. So now if they deploy security on that road, I can assure you, if there's an attack, attack in places like Manchok and the rest, those people will be deployed again away from that highway. Mm. So look at today by, by UN... So basically, uh, what we can now say the bandits have noticed a pattern and they're able to walk with the pattern. Sometimes they, they, sometimes they even create the distraction. i give you an example. There was a time a young, uh, may he so rest in peace, a young plateau boy was killed around Arno Benishek in, 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 uh, uh, between Damatru and uh, Meduguri. When they attacked Arno, it's just uh, a couple of, uh, so like 20, 23 kilometers between Arno and, and Meduguri, you know? And then what they did was, when they closed the road, and then they attacked and carried whatever they wanted. They set all the cars ablaze. You know, and then there was attraction, massive attraction all around the country. Now, that was not the catch. They now hauled and moved with 
civilian human shield. So if the army wants to attack them from the air, there will be civilian casualties. And then the United Nations and the entire world will now come down hard on the Nigerian army with, with issues of human rights abuses, you know, use of excessive force. Okay, but now, wait, let me just give you. Mm -hmm. Now, the catch there is the very following day, they attacked uh, uh, Madagali. So they, they are just 10, 20 of them in Madagali and then maybe 15 of them here in Aono. That Madagali is an Adamawa state. So now the army will now be distracted, coming to Aono, going back to Madagali. That's their tactics. Yes, it is a tactics. And then if, if, um, um, if, if you can already figure this out, it, it now leaves uh, the question begging, like, do we not have security experts who are able to figure, you know, these same problems out? Then again, another problem, uh, another issue that has been coming up is as though uh, maybe we're politicizing this problem. Yes, we do not have enough boots on ground, but even those who have been caught and uh, it's it's clear that this is what they are involved in. You know what 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 um, deterrence have we put in place for them to know that you know they should not. Zoe, do this again? Zoe, get this very clear. When you talk about deterrence, it's punitive, right? Yes. So. How many death sentences have been signed in Nigeria since 1999? Only three. Go to just prisons here. Yeah. You have people over 400 on death row. Why do you think you have prison breaks? People don't see this deterrent. If you sign as a governor that you are going to, you, you swear an oath, it includes that. There are so many people on death row. You, we publicize, yes, it is politicized. No, but, so, okay, no I'm coming, I'm telling you, so the punitive row, measures cannot be seen. Keeping them behind bars. They, I mean, they're, they, they're there, they're, they're, they're there. The uh, UAE has come out with a list. Uh, we've heard many times the 400 uh, Boko Haram members that were su supposed to be persecuted. So, I mean, not persecuting them, even if it's not the death sentence, just doing something at all is also sending a wrong message. Many Nigerians will say it's almost as though we're encouraging criminality because now it's not only the kidnappers. People see it as a lucrative job to go into. After all, nobody's there being is, punished. Yes. Nobody's being you see, when you, I, I just blame the, I just mm. blame the government and the governors especially for this. I, I'm, I'm quoting myself here. I said three. Mm. Three that you know one the popular Three ones since are, 1999 yeah, so now let me get down to this also the public fault there this conspiracy of silence don't get it wrong most of these people know these kidnappers people people collect you know uh, gratification from your from their children 22 23 years old when they know that they don't even have a, an o-level certificate what do they do to justify mm. here in just you know people gather money Friends will come around an ignorant father, gather money, and go and bring back his son from the police station. Mm. They, they, you see, we frustrate these things in so many ways. We know the security people don't have enough manpower. You, United Nations Charter prescribes 1%. 1% of your population should be your standing army. 1% of Nigerian population is what? 2 million. We have just, just barely 400,000 uh, 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 soldiers, and then they're doing police police work if you if you require five five percent you know uh, 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 a policeman to to mind the population of your country what are we talking about five percent of 200 million do we even have four hundred thousand policemen half of them are even doing vip work in banks and all so we we don't have and then the the the, the populace too are not doing things that will help them conspiracy of silence we know the criminals within us but we protect them we protect our own. Mm. We go and bring okay, them back. 
you know so these are it's it's a complex issue that we um, must on the 15th of of november actually kenya had uh, this issue uh where where a kenyan serving 41 year old sentence uh involving in some uh, militant attacks actually escaped from a maximum security prison and uh, we saw you know people losing their jobs people getting sacked in our case now uh when we when when something like this happens i remember the time that uh uh the 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 president asked uh, one of the army staff to move to Benway State. Did he do that? You know, I mean, if people, so, if Nigerians are feeling like if people get sacked, this, we're not the first people to deal with issues like this. Remember uh, some southeastern countries, African countries, uh, some, yes, some eastern African countries like uh, Somalia, when Somalia went rogue and became a failed state. Kenya had to deal uh, with splinter groups also. I don't know, Mr. Caesar Pai, if you have any, um, any uh, information concerning that. We also saw many people compare what is going on in Nigeria to Yugoslavia as well, that it's a similar problem. I mean, is this really impossible? Do we really just give up at this time? You see, uh, thank you very much, Zoe. The problem, like uh, Sally just said, th- there's, there are no consequences for bad behavior in this country. Yeah. And, and, and that has, is, is really creeping in like cancer in the system. It's an institutional problem. And unless that institutional problem is tackled, yes, we've talked about uh, lack of manpower. It will always be there. It will always be there, and we you can't change it. And that was, I, and I still stand by it. That was one of the things I made mention last week when we were here, and I discussed it. We, we, we've, we've discussed about these things that our security is overwhelmed. No two ways about it. Nigeria is extremely large. The population, the, the 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 size, the geography, the everything, and these people that are organizing these things, they are being tactical, and there are there are people behind these things. Now, let me take us back to the issue of the Abuja Kaduna Highway. For me, truly, we we, we someone made mention the first uh, speaker, you know, online talked about the issue of proactiveness. Honestly, our responsiveness is too slow, extremely slow. Okay, for example, when we look at when this rail started, you know, we've had this issue of Kaduna Abuja Highway. Now, the moment the the, 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 the concentration went to the idea of rail line, people started plying the rail lines and then the roads were busy. At that time, the government would have been proactive because, you see, one thing about intelligence and security you have to always think of the next 10 years the next five years the next one week the next one month every week there is always supposed to be a feedback mechanism Mm. there's always supposed to be okay let's predict there's always supposed to be prediction that okay in the event of this what do we do now for me personally i have so i saw this coming that the moment the attention went really i saw this coming that there will be a day that an attack will be carried out on those rail lines hmm. i saw this coming myself you know and i was expecting government at that time to begin to secure or comb the areas the bushes at that time government should take advantage okay what do we do with these bushes along kaduna abuja expressway in the event something happens to the rail line that's number one number two i was expecting more security especially the explosive ordinance disposal both the mobile explosive even the army they have those departments where they begin to comb those areas in the rail line that okay we don't it's not just a normal security that will follow the rail line man them in the entrances and exits of the rail line and that is all there are supposed to be strategic places in the bushes or on those rail tracks where you will mount strategic explosive ordinance uh, mechanisms 
where you, you will detect that's number two totally surveillance mechanisms that is what we are still lacking and that is why although recently i saw the minister of uh, digital economy uh, uh who was represented by the director general of the national uh, uh, national artificial intelligence uh agency or something is a parastatal under the ministry of digital economy where they paid a visit to the nigeria army technological center in Bemakodi, and that they are working out strategies to deploy the use of robots and technology and, uh, yeah, yeah, and to technology. make up for the lack yes, of boots on yes, ground. Yes, yes, because that mm. will really help. So, well, let's see how it goes. It's just on paper, but we want to see these things. It's not all about being politicizing this thing, but deploying right. Dr. Bashir, uh, let's talk about uh, the government shutting down telecommunication services to enhance security, uh, as mentioned by the Commissioner of Internal Security, Home Affairs, Samuel Aruan. How helpful has that been? Uh, I will regard that as true, not helpful, because, uh, like, like, like I said earlier, the responsiveness of government matters a lot. The state governor have have not for once, or the government have not for once, think of combing areas. There are areas we do that are not governable. No government presence of government there in Kaduna states. And uh, nothing has been done. You just all of a sudden said you are shutting down internet facilities and others, and uh, some villages are now in trouble, even if uh, the attacks met them. They have, they have nothing to say. They can't reach out to, to security personnel and so on and so forth. Now, when, when these things are done, you shut down in the internet facilities, networks and others, and you've not provided any other gadgets to, to security personnel. I mean, some that, of the bandits are even saying they have to write a phone, so they don't even need any telecoms a network to work. Yeah, some bandits have those prior phones. Uh, recently, uh, someone was kidnapped in Chukul local government. The uh, kids of one of our neighbor was kidnapped, and they were communicating. So you begin to see it that, uh, we, like I said earlier, our government is not responsive. Hmm. I mean, uh, it's the, said that uh, the locals near not... that Katari village are told journalists that gunmen blocked the Abuja Kaduna Highway for about an hour and went away with many travelers. I mean, one would think that um, instead of deploying the APC, perhaps a helicopter should have gone because these people are on foot. Perhaps a helicopter <laughs> should have gone to comb <laughs> the area. That is what I really said. Though one of the speakers said the the security personnel are overwhelmed. No. But I have, I have uh, DSS who always tell me that before something happened, before an event happened, they detail, they detail their, their security officers and so on and so forth. But to their great, greatest dismay, nothing happened. Or the only thing we're after is uh, something should strike. Then we, we, you know, when you we, hear, we, we um, Dr. when you hear someone like your friend who, he says, who you said is a DSS officer, you know, recounting or telling you stories like this, that, you know, they, 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 get, they get intelligence and they pass it on uh, to the right people. Does this make you feel, you know, as though, you know, the government is complicit in any way or it's just the fact that we do not have enough security to go around? You know, I have only one word. Their responsiveness. Uh, if you are given information, detailed information, and you are unable to respond to, to what is going on, then, then what do you think I should define it? 
That is my definition. Well, and is again, security like, architecture supposed to be independent? You know, do they take instructions on their own? I, I don't really know what happens. No, no, no. There are there are situations where you give, you take instruction on your own. Where things you're assuming you are an officer and you had this is going on along Kaduna Abuja Highway. You mean you should not strike until you you've gotten uh, orders or from above? Hmm. It's not. It's a deviant act in criminology that's positive deviant act. Like, you see, you see this issue of uh, banditry, Abuja Highway. Like I said, and, uh, it's the second, the second uh, speaker said all that uh, it is a road that is attracted uh, the commercial bandits, and uh, they knew that's the only way they can operate and. Uh, Everybody's attention over there. That's the only route that they can operate with ever attention. Uh, I don't think they are overall to an extent that uh, this route cannot be protected. But why it, do you think they have been unable to protect or secure this road? How, how many hours is it to be on this road before you get to Abuja? Just three hours from Kaduna. And have three hours from Kaduna to to Abuja. And, and like like I said, if there is surveillance, there is policing, which should include both military, all security personnel, fully armed. There is being using just a single helicopter. A helicopter is enough to 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 surveillance Abuja Kaduna Highway at least. Going to be twice or three times uh, a week. That's why most communities in Kaduna are of the view that uh, there is an organized way of doing things between the police, the, the security personnel, and the bandits. That's, mm. the, that's the general uh, thinking of most. There's a general distrust, that means. Yeah. Okay, let's leave it there now. Now, let's, uh, another news that's come up is um, EU and ECOWAS are teaming over a violent extremism. So let's, let, maybe what, we're still uh, treating the symptoms and not yet the root cause. Uh, so to you, Mr. Salis, now what do you think is the, is the root cause of uh, what we're seeing in our society today? Many have said, okay, since it's the youths that are mostly involved, it's unemployment. Uh, they've said it's uh, desert encroachment that's causing it. People are looking for resources, uh, but then it's taking another dimension where people are now being kidnapped, and you know, loss of lives is the, the land is bleeding. You you need to understand that um, most times when we when we approach some of these issues, we narrow, you know, we do not broaden our scope in terms of uh, I wouldn't call it research, you know, maybe baseline survey. Number one, in Nigeria today is experiencing an explosion in population. I am telling you, there are just too many children brought forth that there's no plan for them. Mm. One. Two, we are experiencing heights of abdication of parental responsibilities. You know, and then we are experiencing heights of spiritual failure. Now, these are in the social aspect where you have people you know have a multitude of youths growing without conscience you know it is definitely going to attract a lot of negativity so how can you explain having 6.7 6.8 almajiri children million 6.8 million 
this is gross abdication of parental responsibility what are you breeding what kind of future are you breathing to 6.87 million children you know can overrun two states so you can imagine where do you think the bandits get their pool from hmm. you know you go to certain communities here you see baby mothers at 16 17 they have children these are all societal failures that you know translates into what we're saying today you know so now you come and overwhelm the security with all of these other social uh, social challenges so now coming down to issues of banditry and then uh, 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 insurgency in the northeast the, the reasons the causes are not the same and we always say draft military draft security that is why we get it wrong in the northeast it first started with ideology first so they are driving their their driving motivation is the, uh, the quest to achieve their ad ideological you know targets and Some goals people are buying into which is, that ideology yes which is right now was transformed into like forming a caliphate mm -hmm. some of us that have worked there for years we know and then there was this dream of actually drilling oil there so the caliphate will be fantastic so they have an ideology they have an identity they have an emblem they have one religion so they're they fighting an ideology with weapons yeah yeah yes and that does not make sense yes i know th that there is so where the, that so. is where the criminality came in and then definitely they need to finance it so i know financial criminality also came in now they are completely different from ipob they are completely different from the bandits mm. you understand the similarity between them and ipob is they have a command structure they have an emblem they have an identity they have a color they they, they even have a geographical uh, uh yeah target mm. the bandits do not so most times we we are quick to say government should label bandits as terrorists bandits don't have they are loose criminals they don't have a command structure that even controls a state every location but we're hearing now that they are teaming with iswap and, and other by the time uh, you that is the negative side of groups. it when you now when you now brand when you now brand them as terrorists they now start forming alliance oh we're not terrorists they now, you've elevated their status then what should we do with them because they are causing a lot of havoc. They, no it, what is there in the nomenclature of a name Mm. everything they do is is is, is equal to they, they terrorize people they terror they're known as that but the moment you categorize them mm. they now start forming affi affiliations all right dr bashir you're a social so there's a negative a aspect of it uh, what do you think uh, of what uh, mr salis uh mohammed abubakar is saying what is your your thoughts on that yeah 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 you saying the right thing you cannot you cannot prescribe them because uh, they don't have the structure you mentioned and they are not a group uh, if you think of uh, a kind of prescribing them they have no boundary it's like you are prescribing an ethnic group and, and, and they are not all part of the 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 bandits the only thing is like, the, uh, the issue of banditry like you said earlier it is that uh, and uh, we don't have guided, guided policy you you have a guided religion uh constitution said you can practice whatever of religion these two alien religions uh lead us to this mess these two alien religions you they are not guided they are supposed to be guided yeah you are a muslim and uh this is how you should practice your your islam you are a christian this is how you should practice your islam and this should be guided you cannot just be given that 
you think you bring a very uh, uh, an unacceptable quote or verse and others, and, and you now say this is why you are giving that to children as this and that, and uh, you cannot depend. Well, some some regions, uh, you know, or some countries see the numbers as something. I mean, remember when we started talking about zoning? The North said they had the numbers, even though uh, we're not seeing uh, human capital development being channeled into the numbers that we have. Quality uh, number of people. Like I said, the government is not guiding. Guide is not guiding its own policy. Uh, you cannot just have unnecessary numbers. That is what led us to the poverty level we are in Nigeria. You give back to you. You have no penny, and you give back to hundred twenty. 10, 15 children, and nobody is questioning you. No policy for that. Go to small countries like Malaysia and others. You cannot give back to modern politics. And these are also, um, I would say, uh, countries that practice Islam, yeah? Something to say to them, Muslim. Yeah, I didn't die that I was there. I've been there. And in fact, when I was doing my PhD, when I told my supervisor I was going to write something that related to banditry and cattle rustling, she was so shocked. How can somebody raise his cattle and someone will go with that? She said, Professor, you understand me. Their religion is being guided. You cannot just come and make a sermon because you feel you are imam or a pastor. It must be edited. Like, so basically, the media, from, media, from what I'm gathering now, you know, we're, we're not fighting. We're not fighting the ideology part of this war. We're just fighting the physical part of this war. Mm-hmm. We're not talking mm-hmm. about how people's minds mm-hmm. are also mm-hmm. getting corrupt in mm-hmm. all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an important aspect. Mm-hmm. The phone lines are open. You can join in on the conversation. The program is Let's Talk. Uh, we are looking at and analyzing the Abuja Kaduna Highway attack and why it keeps uh, happening there. And, you know, the spillover effect. What can we do about it uh, in the society? Proscribe bandits or not to proscribe them? As you have heard from our experts in the studio, the different views that they have. You can find us also on facebook.com forward slash jfmjoss 90 in four places, 99090-988-488-48. These are the numbers uh, you can connect with us on to contribute and comment on the program. Hello, good morning. Good morning, Zoe Machunga. Welcome, Comrade Dadung Antibas. This is Comrade Dadung Antibas calling from Anguaru, Cuba. Let's talk. Thank you so much. The guests get on call and the one present with you have spoken well since uh, they have spoken the mind of Nigerians. You know, I always ask this question, that uh, the security thing we have in this country, you know, it is like they are very remote control. They are no longer having power to discharge their professionality. Why am I saying this? The government has completely hijacked the power of the security. They are controlling them. You see one man or one person or government official will carry more than 100 security personnel along him. You, you, see, you can hear the cause of governance. This living common man is empty. And they know that this country is full of insecurity. Imagine this. Where are we going? What really are the leaders looking about that? If we continue the way this country is going today, it is just me that like, the country is ungovernable. Hmm. If you are on the street, you are not safe. Do you have your own car? You are not there. You are yes, we understand that, there. comrade. But what solutions can we begin to proffer? The solution here is very much bigger. The solution is our leader must be very, very optimistic and be very, very careful in fighting terrorism. If not, I don't look like they are fighting any terrorism. 
All right. Thank you so much. Zero nine zero five five six in four places. Nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Let's not forget. We've been talking about community policing all along too. Hello. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Welcome. Yeah, this is Kazi calling from Bukuru. Let's talk. Yes, looking at uh, this issue of this, we're talking about the issue of prescribing IPOP and not prescribing bandage. I think uh, if we must talk, tell ourselves the truth. A criminal should be termed a criminal. But once we begin to talk from the two sides of the mouth, because we want to defend the side that will feel that several of us, we can never get a solution to our problems. If these guys are fighting for a cause, and these people are fighting for not just cause, to terrorize people, and I think that if you now, if you now subscribe them, they will not be seen to begin to have network. Already they have network, which is very clear. Then why should they be defended? I think we should tell ourselves the truth and face the reality. That is the only way we can get our solutions in this country. That's my take. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Zero nine zero five five six and four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Let's talk. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning and welcome. Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Umar. I'm calling from Tisha and Tijong. Let's talk, Mr. Sadiq. Yes, I will comment your guest. You have spoken well and spoken the mind of Nigerian. And actually, when we look at the issue of insecurity, I think the government is not ready to end this issue of insecurity. And the bandits or the criminals, they are more using tactical ways than the security. We don't know why. Because if you check all the attacks that is happening, like the uh, uh, bandits are more widely. And the government now, we, when we look at the issue of manpower, since the this present administration, we have been expected that the pioneer will be reaching more people into the uh, uh, our security. But we do not have that uh, opportunity. Even those that are in all that the uh, uh, our security partners, they are not well equipped. They have not much material. So we don't know how we are going to face this. And at the same time, in, in the civilian way, we have seen that we get somebody that we don't, we cannot tell, we don't know where these bandits are. Somebody like Shugumi that will go to their police and negotiate with them. If you cannot use a uh, 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 weapon, you can use politics uh, also to end this issue. So we have to join hands, both the uh, uh, people in the community and the government, because government have to try for what government is doing is not playing. All right. Thank you, Sadiq Umar from CTNC. Uh, now let's hear from um, uh, the, the, the Commissioner of Internal Security and Commissioner of Police in Kaduna State. You see, we have 774 local government. In each of the 774 local government, you have DSS operatives. In each of these 774 local government in Nigeria, you have police, police divisions. In each of these... Uh, 774 local government, you are that particular area belongs to a local government, it belongs to a state. What are they using the security votes that has been allocated for those to, to protect and preserve any government that fails to protect the lives and property of its citizens? has failed. These people are not spirit beyond yeah. policing it physically. Mm -hmm. They are yeah, yeah. intelligence, you should gather intelligence uh, 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 to know. Uh, 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 uh,
right? Um, uh, we seem to have gotten the wrong sound bites there, but um, still uh, an important point uh, was made from that sound bite that uh, you know that particular uh, local government area is 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 headed by someone. Uh, they have DSS put, um, um, stationed in most of the local government areas and all of that. So, I mean, even if we do not have enough boots on ground, the same. What actions are we taking still just for this to serve as a deterrent? Which IGP or which uh, a chief security officer has been fired for the sake that he was unable to even govern, let's just say, the little space that he has, not because he's facing bandits or, 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 or Boko Haram members or anything like that. Just like I was saying just um, earlier that uh, some prisoners escaped in Kenya and we could see uh, that the head of the controller of that prison actually sacked and so many other people who were on duty that day just to serve as a deterrent. I mean, in your small space, before we even talk about larger places like, you know, a forest and all of that. Yeah. So um, the EU uh, was, was talking lately uh, concerning um, you know, violent extremism and the spillover uh, of it. So, you know, how can bodies like ECOWAS and EU intervene in this fight against terrorism, Mr. Caesar? Yeah, uh, first of all, before I answer, let me just respond shortly before we uh, from what you just said concerning the number of people being deployed in each of the local governments in Nigeria. You see again and again, you have ordinarily even here in the urban center where an attack has been taking place or a, crim a criminal uh, activity has been taking place, has just taken place, and then you hear the security saying they don't even have fuel to fuel their car. Hmm. One gallon, they are looking for money to fill one gallon. So imagine in an urban area, talk more of in the rural area where, or in the local no government, and in that station. local government in a particular area, remote area. Mm. How do you expect such a person to function? Mm. And mind you, let me just come to, uh, bring it to your attention. Recently, there was a research we carried out, and we found out, you know, again, it was a review of the defense policy that we made, and we found out that since 1974 or thereabout, based on the UN standards, you know, at least a country is supposed to dedicate 1% of our GDP mm. to national security. Mm. Till today in Nigeria, we've not been able to exceed. In our defense budget, we've not even reached up to that 1%. Even if we do, will it, will, it, will, it, will, it, will, it, will it go to it? It won't. You know, our attitude, we will embezzle it. Yes. You know, we, we, have, we have an attitude problem, Zoe. So these people may be ready to walk, even at the rural areas or in those local governments, the DSL, but and they don't have the those funds, mechanisms. Yeah, the funds, and then, down. yes, it won't, it, it, okay. they won't function. So, yes, so it goes, going back to the ECOWAS and uh, EU uh, uh, synergy to counter violent extremism. Again, uh, I, just three days ago, the ECOWAS commission had, and they have a committee that they are working on it, and, you know, we found out again that this idea of forces like the issue of poverty, the issue of uh, unemployment, the issue of weak governance. Mm. That has been our problem in Africa. And that is just what we've just finished discussing with regards to the insecurity in Nigeria, weak governance. Because if those pl places that we expect to see eff effective governance to be carried out in deploying security, in arresting the situation, if it's not there, and it has affected the whole of Africa, especially in West Africa, where there's weak governance. Now we have the, this issue of coups again taking center stage mm. in some parts of West Africa, especially in Mali, Guinea, Burkina Faso. You know, mm. all these things are issues that are even affecting the uh, how uh, security is going to be addressed in these areas. And so the, 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 the ECOWAS Commission or the ECOWAS or the EU 
they are coming in is not really really addressing the situation because who controls the forces that de- that they are being deployed who controls the resources you will find out that there are just a few countries in in in, in west africa for example nigeria are the ones funding ECOWAS mostly and Ghana possibly and then which other country so before you know it it boils down to the issue of funding and by the by, by the time you see what is happening in the Sahel mostly the French have deployed troops and then we have the G5 where the uh, countries the G5 countries have also deployed troops but again it boils down now some countries are threatening to pull out like for example Chad because Chad was funding most of the military operations being carried out along that axis now Chad is threatening to pull out. The French people are threatening to pull out. Mm. And then Russia is, you know, trying to have an alignment with Mali now to come in. And because in Mali alone, you have three or four different areas where this insecurity, not just the area of Timbuktu alone, but there are different areas. Okay, many where, times yes. now, uh, talking about spillover, the, the president has said, uh, you know, what is going on in Nigeria is also part of spillover con- conflicts that are happening in other countries, as you just mentioned, Mali, Libya, all of these countries mm-hmm. that are close by to us. Uh, do you see any uh, facts in that? No, um, the issue of Libya, yes, it, it used to be the major thing, but for now, I won't say Libya is just. I will say for now, the idea of shipment of arms and weapons, more yes, light small arms, more light arms. Yes, that is where I can attribute it to what as a fallout of what happened in Libya. But when we see the spillover of what is happening in West Africa and by extension the Sahel, Burkina Faso, Mali, Mauritania, there are a lot of factors. Now we have the factor of is there there is a there is a politics in it, like what is happening in Mali is political purely which started in 2012 after the coup. Now, what is happening in Nigeria is partly ideological and political. Mm. Like we rightly said, some of these people, the terrorist groups, they already have an organization. They already have an emblem. They already have, they they already said this is what they are championing. You know, they've said it. And now we have a a situation whereby ISWAP is coming to align with Boko Haram now Mm. in Nigeria. Now, when you go to Mauritania, it's a different ball game. When you go to Burkina Faso, it's a different ball game. Where we have the issue of uh, traffickers, drug traffickers. Mm. So they have a meeting point where they exchange ideas, they exchange resources, they exchange weapons. But when they go to fight this, it's not the same fight they are fighting. It's not the same war they are fighting. They have different ideas. So it's not just what happened in Libya. And except there's a coordination in, in Chad. It's political, and you know what happened that led to the, the killing of Idris Deby. It, it was purely political because Idris Deby has his own people, a militia that he's mm-hmm. fighting internally mm-hmm. in the country. But at the end of the day, these criminals, they have a meeting point where they exchange ideas or they exchange arms. So how can weapons. we curb them and stop them from meeting each other and growing into, you know, I don't know, no, trillion-sized to be very To be very candid with you, the approach is not, <clears throat> not going to be one way. Okay. At all. It's as not going to be one way. Yes, yeah, is. because first and foremost, he just explained the difference, you know, with these people and bandits. Coming back to the earlier caller that said, we're not trying to protect bandits. I, I refer to them as loose criminals. Bandits don't hold these meetings. You can see they've been killing themselves here. You know, cow rustling. It's about quest for, for supremacy. Somebody comes to the... He doesn't care if there's a local government chairman. He establishes his own control command in a forest. And the number of cows, the number of cattle, the number of uh, food, women he has, is what gives him comfort. It's different from a terrorist that says, I want my own country. Mm. 
Mm. I want my own government. You understand? So you oh, but these bandits are taking over territories in Niger no. states, in uh, some some local. Those were is it, no, like in Niger state. You have you have a, a situation where uh, we, we don't really look at Niger state. For instance, is 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 bigger than um, it's bigger than every state in Nigeria. Let's take it from there. This Toro local government you're seeing is bigger than every state in the southeast except Enugu state. So this landmass actually is difficult oh to handle. So you have infiltration of people. The black flag they flew in Niger is affiliation from uh, uh, Boko Haram. Mm. But for bandits, you understand, it, they, they, are, they are territorial. What they want is... is Purely financial criminality, mm. cash, you know, and look, Zamfara State is this illegal mining, you That's know, and cow rustling. Yes, Chinese people gave uh, arms to 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 to, to Nigerians, Megad, Megad. Mm. Yes, you know, to <clears throat> to protect these illegal mining sites, mm. and then eventually, when these people knew that, oh. These people don't operate through the banks. You can find a local person receiving 6.5, 7 million, 10 million naira cash. Kidnapping started. Mm. You understand? And then these local guards with arms in their hand to protect. So these people with the cash too now started getting. Then eventually, you can check it. Everybody there is a Muslim. But you see, they, they rustle. Yes, and when you Cow. see the modus op operandi of the bandits, theirs is all about abduction, cash, cash, abduction, cash. kidnapping. Cows. Unlike the terrorists, they just come and then they clear everywhere. everywhere yes. yes, they clear. All right, let's talk about solutions now. Uh, Dr. Bashir, thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, you're a criminologist. How do you think we can begin to handle this problem? What solutions do you have in a minute, if you can? Yeah, the only solution is concerted effort by government. Uh, like I said, uh, the nomadic uh, education was created because issues like these bandage and others uh, are things that they uh, see in the future. If, if people are educated, if people are education and the religion is being guided, you will not have ideological differences and issues like that. If employments are provided, uh, people are being punished as veterans and so on and so forth. All these will, by, by, by the grace of God, uh, reduce. Okay, you're saying nomadic education should be activated again and deterrence should be served. All right, let's hear from you, Mr. Caesar. Nomadic education, uh, religion should be guided. Mm, religion should be guided. All these things should be addressed. All right, thank you. Okay, mine yeah. is two things, my suggestion. Mm. From the non-kinetic side education and it uh, and then uh, ideology ideological uh, replacement like he rightly said and how do you do it there should be a medium and long-term plan for that you don't de-radicalize people within six months mm. or one year mm -hmm. it takes a, so there should be a medium and long-term plan to remove those ideological tendencies on the kinetic side we should expand our mode or increase our level of surveillance through technology that's it. Yes. All right. And to you, Mr. Salis. Yeah, massive orientation. I think the public still have not owned the fight against these people. But the public have said when they come out to speak, you know, they are also picked out because once the same criminals are released, they come and look for them to have walking, them. Walking in the northeast, you know, I have seen people who are proud to have an uncle as, as Boko Haram. Mm. He uses it as threat. <laughs> 
yes and then you have a situation whereby these are the same people that snitch on the security the security man is clearly identifiable you understand but the, the boko haram is not so he will be in the society plan everything you understand and then one boko haram can take out a whole unit of the security man because you don't know him hmm. you know so the, these communities have not owned this fight if you go and bring your 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 son your cousin your brother from you know go and try to bail him from a kidnap case from a murder case we have not owned the fight so they, there needs to be a massive massive reorientation and then massive use of the public because ideology is not something you can use the bullet to defeat Exactly. All right. Speech. Now, um, on our feedback handle on Facebook, Albert Akaya is saying the resurgence of kidnapping on the Abuja Kaduna Road is a product of government's failure in strategizing to securing its citizens and even foreigners. I thought the disappearance of these kidnappers on that route was as a result of government and security's effort, but the obvious is staring us in the eye. Government must be seen to be deliberate and proactive in tackling this kidnapping that has ravaged our country. Uh, Milk Mike Godwin is saying my opinion is why can't the government deploy security personnel to that location to curtail such recurrent occurrences so kes tong is saying truth be said nigerians are not safe in their country anymore a family of mine was beaten black and blue on that same kaduna road two weeks ago almost all nigerians are not uh, feeding well due to the fact that goods and services are still very much in the high in the market uh, should we also talk about the sudden high rate of electricity tariff let's pray for plateau and nigeria always ajong uh, Monday is saying it appears our security agents are overwhelmed with internal operations. Uh, hence, anarchy looming in the land. The citizens must devise a way of defending themselves. Uh, well, it is not a constitutionally uh, right for you to do that. So um, if you're talking about state policing and pushing for uh, policies, yes, we will do that. It's Golden Jubilee is saying, I heard your guest saying Nigerian forces can't go on to flush out the terrorists from that bush simply because the international relations will climb, uh, clamp down on them for human rights violation. But there are detective uh, gadgets that can scan out only the terrorists and wipe them out. The federal government should collaborate with the developed nations and they will get all the gadgets needed. Ability Jacob is, uh, is saying to me, our government is not sincere. I've seen pictures of so-called bandits taking pictures with their victims, talking about not proscribing them because they are not synonymous to Boko Haram. Can the guest uh, please tell us uh, the relationship between IPOB and Boko Haram that has been proscribed as terrorists? Our governments are not are so biased in this fight of terror it emanates from one region it will be exposed but if it comes to another region they hide it this is so bad well thank you so much uh, for dropping your comments thank you uh, all of you who called in and uh, thank you to my wonderful guests for the insights uh, that you've given us Dr. Mohamed Bashir Abubakar Criminologist Department of Sociology ABU Zaria thank you very much for your time Okay. And also Caesar Pai, researcher in governance and global affairs, and also Mr. Salis Mohammed Abdul Salam, CEO, Face of Peace and Displaced Women and Children Foundation. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Well, um, we will continue to discuss this issue because security is everyone's business. We can see how much it is affecting, in fact, every facet of our society. Everything is uh, grinding to a halt slowly. The farmers can't go to the farms. Uh, we can't do business, and we'll probably see less foreigners coming into our climate 
games uh, for us to interact with as time goes as well. And um, we're also hoping, you know, that the Tucano and all the gadgets that uh, we're purchasing uh, will be used to bring all of these pains, all of this uh, bloodshed uh, to an end soon. And as to the fight of uh, whether to call bandits terrorists or not, well, we will continue to throw more light into this matter so we can understand better, so we can make better informed decisions. I'm yours truly, Zoe Machunga. Keep listening. News Top of the Hour comes up next. And after that, the midday show with Ogidigo. Don't change the dial. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcasts.